Earlier today, I brokered a deal. Got us a paid gig. From here on out, we'll be working security detail for Veronica Lodge, for Speakeasy, and her employees. Long live the serpent! Settle down. I know it's good news for a change, but I've also gathered us here for less celebratory reasons. Cheryl, Tony, come up here. Excuse me? What did we do? You broke into the lodge apartment and stole a Glamourget egg. So what if we did? Well, more than that, you left your calling card attaching yourself and, by extension, all of the serpents to your crime. I'm not afraid of Lodge. What's he gonna do? Call the sheriff? Oh, right. There is no sheriff. Cheryl, that's not the point. You broke the code. Turn in your jackets and go. Are you serious, Jones? I'm a serpent by blood. You can't take that away from me. You hypocrite. You give your drug-dealing buddy Fangs a pass, but you crucify us? And in case you are wondering how we know, Fangs told Sweet Pea who told me. Who told me? If you're asking for our jackets, shouldn't you be asking for his as well? Chuck. You're right. Fangs, give me your jacket. Hey, what the hell, man? It's okay, Sweet Pea. Some leader you are. Thanks. Cheryl, Tony. We'll go, but we're keeping our jackets. Fine. I need that egg back. Come again? You need to give me that damn egg. Or Veronica won't give us the protection contract. Why the hell would I care? I'm not a serpent anymore. Because I believe that you still have honor, Cheryl. And it's getting cold out. And the rest of us don't get to go back to Thistle House. Welcome to Riverdale. All right, welcome to Riverdale. This is season three, episode nine, chapter 44, No Exit. All right, y'all, when you're listening to this episode of Welcome to Riverdale, please use the hashtag WTRPod, as well as when you're watching Riverdale live on the CW, the CW app, online, bootleg, however you consume your Riverdale media. (sighs) Okay, we have been gone for about a month now, five weeks, I don't know. This show... I don't know if it's the hiatus that we've been on or what, but this show is just silly as hell to me. (laughs) Now, someone going through and listening to each episode of Welcome to Riverdale probably is like, oh, this man is all types of confused, but it's not. I just, I don't know, maybe because I've been so separate from Riverdale for so long. Now I'm just like, what the fuck are y'all even doing? Like we ended on a quarantine from some seizures, which are not a, contagious thing and does not signify some outbreak of some sort and we were promised this like Hiram Lodge king of the country 
uh, red light district style apocalyptic. It's we're not. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, what I do know is this show is silly as fuck. Veronica runs a speakeasy, which it's 2019, but suspend belief, and I'm okay with that. She runs a speakeasy with Reggie, and they're serving liquor and non-liquor to these, like, kids. But who are these people even really kids, and why does Tony and Cheryl have, like, a standing table? Everyone's wearing their, like, prom formal. This show should not be set in high school. It's just... Yeah, I have to suspend so much belief to make this show works. And maybe if I had been getting it consistently every week, I would be able to better do that, for lack of a better term. But I have not. This episode, I was not feeling this at all. Um, I wasn't. Okay, so the one thing I did like, I'll kind of get into that, is Veronica and Reggie. Only because in the comics and Archie Digest, that was a thing as well. Like... Archie, Betty, and Veronica, and also Veronica and Reggie and Archie and this whole, like, mixed-up triangle. But even this is wasted because of the treatment of Josie. I, I'm i trying to get past that, but it's like they're not doing any fucking thing with this girl except for making her the source of abuse or making her sing and shuck and jive for these folks. I just, I'm, I'm over it. Um, I just don't like the treatment of Josie. Veronica has this whole business she's running, which is underneath Pops, which is like, this could have been anywhere else. Like, why is this here? Um, and I don't see any use of Pops. What He's pointless. He's a pointless figure at this point. Just why is he even on the show? Just kill him off. There's He's not doing anything. Um, it's, it's just weird. Moving on to Betty, who has now... In these five weeks that we've been gone in real time, which equates to five weeks in Riverdale time, oddly enough, um, she has a house full of the Sisterhoods of Quiet Mercy kids. Where are their families? Like, how do you just, and are they supposed to be drug addicts and the psych ward kids and the gay conversion kids? Like, what? a lot of this stuff is ill-defined and... Again, because I've been separated from it for so long, maybe that's what's making me like, this is fucking stupid. I'm just not, I'm not here for it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, and I don't know. I guess, and not to be a prude about anything, but you have Betty and Jughead sleeping in her bed in her mom's house while they're like the quote unquote guardians of all of these same aged people in their house what like what line is at this point anything can happen on this show and that y'all I don't know I just I don't I honestly don't know I don't know what to say is it's 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 ridiculous then you have Archie who's out in the wilderness running away from his demons and he gets told that there's a wild bear out and he gets attacked by a bear and then he's like scarred up and then that sends him into shock he has his trusty dog with him. He's talking to somebody on the radio who I thought was Jughead's mom, but apparently isn't, um, which makes it even more weird because we later find out, I think it's like a ranger or some sort. But then it's like, why does this kid just have a cabin out here in the wood? Like no one's like, hey, you, even if we think that you're an adult, do you have the subsequent 
identification to prove that you are because how do you just have this cabin i don't know maybe i just don't know how cabins work or folks living in the mountains but this is weird as the fuck um so archie goes through these like trials he plays griffiths and gargoyles which i don't recall him ever playing this game at all like in riverdale he was always just a part of it or adjacent because he was the pawn that other people were using but he's playing the game in his dream and it, I think that was like probably the better part of the show uh, having him face these different things that he's faced before like the black hood and whatnot but it's boring I feel like they're rehashing the same thing over and over one thing that they did really well was I believe in season two when Fred was shot and we had Fred's kind of flashback altered dream-like episode that was done really well this was just like why are we going through this again is this to catch up to people who are brand new to Riverdale we already know about the black we already know about the shit that Archie's been through you're not adding anything new to this there's no new developments um Archie's final test is to like kill itself with a baseball bat but even that was so weird because it was like maybe get rid of the man you were before so you can become this great new person but what is the point there's it still seems to be no point i don't i don't understand i don't understand i don't understand (laughs) what is the point what is the point of all this i do not see any i just don't see the point because all in all, Archie's always going to be the top dog, the main person on the show. Everyone wants to root around. And I'm, I'm you know what, I've, I'm okay with that. It is, whatever. It's Riverdale. It's about Archie. But I don't see the point in, one, him running off on his own to get away from Hiram when you left your whole family and friends in Riverdale. You've been cleared of any issues. You can be or not be with Veronica. Either way, why does Hiram, there's nothing for him to attack you on. Then Hiram is randomly hunting him for sport in a few episodes ago. Why are you doing this? And then if you are going to run away, why don't you go to Chicago where you have a whole nother parent who happens to be an attorney? Why is your father letting you run off into the cabin, into the woods? Like this, this is such a departure from episode one on season one that this is stupid. I just, I'm sorry, this is very stupid. I just, I can't, I'm going to see if maybe I can get back into it in the next two or three episodes, but this feels very dumb. This is very stupid. I just, it's not, this is dumb. Um, Then we, Betty and and Jughead's thing that they got going on, I, I can better accept that because they just, you know, try to solve mysteries and shit. Okay, whatever. But you have a house full of kids who are like mental patients need uh, uh, some need drugs, some need therapy. And you just, because the sisters of quiet mercy were feeding them drugs, you did the noble thing of escaping, but then what now? And then we've been gone for five weeks and this quarantine has happened. What are the effects like that? It feels very cheap. It feels like what was the point of even bringing up a quarantine when people are not still locked out and people are still locked in. Nothing has changed. Nothing at all. I mean, the serpents now apparently don't have money. When did y'all ever have money? I Everyone lived in a trailer park on some space in, in South Riverdale. Like, it, 
the show isn't doing a good enough job at making these things make sense. And maybe that's part of the beauty of the show. You could just write whatever the hell you want. Bob, you have next episode. Trina, you have the one after. And Thomas, whatever the hell you come up with, make it work. Like, it's it's stupid. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, moving on. Jughead. Okay. Well, this thing. Cheryl and Tony, the token lesbians, are like, cat burgling things which their storyline is probably the only thing that feels like okay this is an effect of the shit that happened when we were quarantined they're breaking into houses and stealing shit no one else is like doing sex work and selling drugs and and have the brothel it's nothing's like this seedy dirty red light district type of thing except for what they're doing and even that is just like stealing cash and some jewels and going back to thornhill cool which i think tony now lives with cheryl i don't know weird i don't like the space that cheryl occupies on this show especially adjacent to these brown women and i don't like her and tony's relationship it's like what are what is this like this can't be this doesn't make up for the shit that you did to josie which we've addressed we've brought up but it's never been rectified um and then a, a simple as oh i'm so sorry doesn't change that you ran off the two other black women on this show y'all handled this poorly and then only much later down the line did you think to pick back up on this storyline which still is just like you still fucking over Josie because again all she does is sing for you motherfuckers and then be the target of hate like that's it like I, I don't you're not doing anything with this character she doesn't add anything to the plot oh Josie sounds impeccably good tonight Veronica says Veronica's dad okay that's the extent of her involvement in the story. Like, yeah, she was a part of that little Archie breakout. That's cool. But when she's only a part of the show because it serves the narrative for other people, that's a problem. That is a, that is a problem. And I'm, I'm not happy with it. I'm trying my best to hang on, but uh, get your money, black woman. I'm glad she's getting a check, but God damn, like, mm. uh, so, Betty gets to arguing with Polly, which, why are they at odds? Why are they pitted against each other? This whole farm, Betty, Betty's family, Edgar, ever, never thing doesn't seem to have a plan. It seems like they just mention it whenever. And in a show like this, it's like they're treating it like it's a soap opera, a daytime soap where you have just unlimited shows every episode. And you can make one thing happen in one month and that makes sense. But this is a primetime time show with limited episodes you can't treat it the same way this doesn't feel like it has an end point it feels like they're trying to figure out well you know what's best for ratings what's the best uh time to make some shit happen and and who has the best idea to throw against the wall to see if it sticks additionally again these kids working with the police force and attorneys to, to like what it how are you a high school junior and you're working on this case with help for it i don't know maybe because i'm not from a small town or what but this just seems odd i mean at this point it's normal because that's just what they do but it's odd as fuck mm. so sierra now being an attorney when she was mayor i mean i guess that's kudos for them there but even then she's only appearing to help serve Betty's story she there's no like anybody could have been this attorney there's 
Again, get your money, black woman. I'm glad you're getting a check, but I don't see the point. It's just, whew. So, um, Veronica gets shut down by her dad, talking about I need 20%. She's like, take five, take 10. We're going to cook the books. We ain't got no money, which was a dumbass move. I could see that a mile away. She's like trying to change the book so that it looks like she's making less money. Her dad's a businessman. He's been a shady businessman your entire life. How in the hell are you presenting him with cooked books, quote unquote? And I don't even know what the fuck that literally means. I know it's like changing the numbers, but he's telling you, homeboy, see this parking lot full every night you always selling out of shit why in the fuck would i think that you're not making money makes no sense uh, apparently the other thing to come out of the quarantine is that hiram now runs the gargoyle gang but it's like why is this even? all this silly shit is just getting old it's god damn it and they constantly rough up reggie when he's making a liquor run again He's going to get liquor from somewhere to bring back to the speakeasy. This boy is like 16 or 17. What is going on? What's even more frustrating? You you can't decide if they're in high school or if they're in adults. Cool, whatever. But these kids are firmly planted as sophomores and juniors. And I think maybe a few maybe seniors in high school. Where are the, say, 19 to 22-year-old residents of Riverdale? Because all the shit that these high school kids are doing... I mean, is everybody else away at college? Like, this is dumb. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, okay, one of the other last things is Jughead. I'm sick of him being leader, leader of the serpents. You're soft. Who is going to listen to you? You are soft. You do not strike fear in my heart. You don't make me want to follow you. You aren't even the most badass or alpha kid on the show. Cheryl would do better running the serpents. You know, like, he's mad. I'm, even more importantly, why is this nigga named Fangs? The gay guy that's too close to fag for me. And the way that they say his name so quickly, when I'm not watching the show with captions, it really sounds like a slur. Um, so Fangs has been selling drugs and he gets caught by a jughead. He was like, you can't do this again. You know, you're going to get kicked out of the surface and this and that. So it comes out later that Cheryl and Tony took some shit from Hiram and now he want the shit back, a Fabergé egg or Riverdale's version. And this was probably my favorite part of the entire episode. Cheryl cutting into this man like, you trying to get rid of me and Tony because of some shit that we didn't did. What about your motherfucking friend Fangs? You can't, which, I, that you know what, that is. That is my favorite part of the episode because it's, don't take your brotherhood that you have behind my back and because I'm not doing the things that you want me to do, punish me for it, but this motherfucker doing the same shit. I don't give a damn that he's stealing shit for money to help buy his mama medicine or whatever the hell going on. He's not the only one going through shit. Additionally, me as an audience member, we've never seen any of this shit anybody's going through. Oh, my mom, you know, she's not doing so well. Who the fuck is your mom, Fangs? When did you ever get a mom? We've seen Tony's granddad. Who is your mom? And I get it. It's part of the story. Whatever, I can overlook that. But don't jump down Cheryl and Tony's back like they didn't do some shit. And then even after uh, Tony Cheryl was like, yeah, you know, whatever. We ain't going to be serpents. But she's like, I'm not giving shit back. I'm not a serpent anymore. Like... This little deal that you're making, is, I think that's the best part of this episode. And that's probably the thing that's going to get me going to the next episode. Because without something like that, I probably would be done. 
Uh, Fangs is boring. He's soft, too. He's been soft since he first showed up. For these people to be in a gang, and not to say you got to be bloodthirsty, killing niggas, knocking heads off, but you all are soft. I feel like Cheryl could take out each and every one of them without her bow and arrow. Like, she's just... <sighs> all in all, this episode... I don't, I didn't, I didn't like it. It wasn't a good opening to being off of a hiatus. Um, it just wasn't good for me. Cheryl's outburst or monologue or whatever was probably the best. Uh, we get a scene much later where Jucky is like, you know, Fang, we want you to go undercover and be in the gargoyle game. What? This is dumb. This is a half-assed plot development that you came up with that means absolutely nothing uh on top of that Jughead's dad is arguing with him about putting him back in the game put me back in coach I want to be part of the game this when you have a fictional world you have to have certain rules or you have to have rules within that world that make sense that you honor that you follow and it doesn't seem to be happening uh, another thing, which is very small, but kind of important. The Lodges live in this high rise. The fact that Cheryl and Tony were able to break into the top level of this high rise and like steal this egg and, and fuck up Hiram's pit. How is that a thing? Like they came in from outside. Did y'all scale a building in heels and these fucking Daisy dudes? Uh, um, as far as Archie, I could care less if he's dead. He's not dead, clearly, but that was it. This just wasn't a good episode for me. I'm going to try it again this week and uh, see if episode 45 is going to do any better, but I doubt it. Again, the best parts was Cheryl going off on uh, Jughead. Uh, I kind of liked Reggie and Veronica's little relationship. But all in all, it was trash the entire show because now you have Hiram attacking Josie for the hell of getting to his daughter. So, again, this black woman who exists only to sing and shuck and jive for you motherfuckers and to advance your plots is, again, put in harm's way for somebody else. We're not even going after Josie because we don't want her to sing and we're trying to sabotage her. We're going after her to hurt somebody else it's like you can't she can't be this MacGuffin for all you people's stories yes you people it's uh, I just wish that I wish that they would just do a spinoff Josie and the Pussycats and just let them do their own goddamn thing what is the black side of Riverdale like because Riverdale does not seem to be real at all um it doesn't seem to hold true to any well now there may be some experiences that this is very true for but even in a predominantly white space Josie doesn't, let me say it, black women don't exist in a vacuum, but Josie doesn't come off as someone who's just existing in these all white spaces, and that's that. Um, and even if she was, her father and his upbringing and his situation lends itself to him not being one who would just be okay with his daughter being in this space. Even Sierra, yeah, you grew up here in Riverdale. The only black family. This is, I, I'm going to stop here. <laughs> all in all, guys, I'm going to give this show another shot or two and see where we end up. But y'all, let me know. Tweet me, Carefree Blur, WTR Pod. Let me know what are your thoughts on Riverdale. 
What are your thoughts on the treatment of Josie? What are your thoughts? I mean, because in, in the in the wake of the way that black women are treated in general in society here, across the world, and then even as locally as just here in America, the shit that's come out over the last couple weeks, like, this show seems to just be tone deaf. And I don't think it's that hard. Like, when you're creating something, if I am going to write a book about the trans experience, it would behoove me to reach out to trans people. It would make sense that I would do some research or at the very least write this story and maybe have my beta readers be trans persons, people who identify as trans to get some feedback. Not one person's experience is everyone's, but at least one person's experience being vocal about that experience would lend itself to a better story than me just saying, I bet trans women go through this. I bet trans men deal with this and not even reaching out. Like the internet is vast and wide. I can get on Twitter at any moment, I'm sure, and say, hey, I need to find me a Latino trans uh, woman of 40 plus who likes anime and has a daughter and wears red shirts. I'm sure that I could find that specific type of person if that's something that is important to my story it just doesn't seem and then and then i even taking trans out of it black women in general uh, women are half of the population just throw a stone in the air and you're going to hit a woman it's your chances increase even more when it's a black woman. well let me let me find a black woman who is between 19 and 23 and can sing and is natural and has a mom who is a politician or a lawyer. It, it, I just feel like you could do so much better. And as much as I like the show, I can't ignore the things that they are doing to people who look like me and people who, even when they don't look like me, case in point, Kevin, what the fuck are you doing with him? Kevin is just this character who gets just, he does. This show could do so much better. Um, and they aren't, in my opinion. And it's unfortunate because you're going on three seasons strong now. And they're probably going to get a fourth and a fifth. It just is what it is. But I, I don't know. Maybe I've outgrown the show. Um, we'll see. So with that being said, y'all. My favorite, favorite, favorite character of this episode is going to be Josie, hands down. My favorite scene is, of course, Cheryl and Tony cutting into Jughead and calling him out for his bullshit, this double standard. Don't fucking berate me as a woman because I'm doing some shit that you feel like I should not do. But then you turn around and let your homeboy escape from doing some of the same shit, if not worse. Because, yeah, you say no sin is greater than the next if you believe in God and all that good shit. But... You can't convince me that breaking into someone's house, some wealthy person that you know isn't there and taking some of their jewels is worse than selling drugs to people, which is like synthetic drugs and fucking them up just to help get your mom some drugs. You did better stealing shit with, with, uh, with, uh, with the homegirls, with Cheryl and Tony. It, yeah, makes no sense. Um, last thing, Betty, <clears throat> she don't know what the hell she's doing. And I wasn't advocating for the kids, the Sisterhood of Quiet Mercy kids to go to the farm. But the way the show presented it, that did make the most sense. You take these kids away from the nuns, 
They have no family, no support system. You are a child. You are not even graduating high school. You have five different mysteries under your belt you're trying to solve. You have a full active relationship, arguing with your mom and your sister, and you don't want to let them go to this farm. Now, I didn't think that was a good idea, but at the same time, what else are they going to do? You you aren't learning from your mistakes. Betty should be more aware than what she is. She should be on top of her shit every time. She's defeated the black hood. She's uh, solved all these different mysteries and shit. She's, you know, got rid of chicken, whatever else. She's gone through and done all these great things, but you still aren't learning to expect the unexpected. How in the hell would you bring those kids back to your house? Knowing how your mom and your sister operates, not even your sister, just your mom who happens to live there with you and not think for one second that these kids could be manipulated. You tricked them by saying you were the gar- the Griffin queen. They're still that. I want to say messed up. They're still that fragile and in need of psychiatric help. And I'm saying that again, not as a medical professional, but and not trying to belittle anyone's um, experience, but these people are in need of help that you are not qualified to give and you're still not thinking. So anything that happens to them kids is on her head. I don't give a fuck what. She's a villain. All them villains. Um, So I'll end this with uh, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and believe black women. When I tell you something, believe black women. Until next time. All right, y'all.